week 41. Of the, uh, now we're still in the Beatitudes. Today we're looking at the peacemakers. The seventh Beatitude from Matthew 5, 9. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Again, I've said this over and over again. That phrase, sons of God, is not about gender. It's about status in the kingdom of heaven. It's about citizenship. It's about being an heir of the kingdom. Who are the peacemakers? Peacemakers are those who, number one, forgive others. Number two, seek forgiveness from others. In other words, when you do something wrong, you're not stubborn and hard-hearted, but you listen to what others have to say, and you receive that, and you ask their forgiveness. So you forgive others, you seek forgiveness from others, and then third, help facilitate forgiveness between others, or help facilitate forgiveness and reconciliation with other people, rather than gossiping and stirring up trouble and kind of subtly, sneakily uh, intensifying and stoking the flames of quarreling, rather point others to forgiveness, point others to reconciliation in the name of Christ. Peacemakers forgive, they seek forgiveness, and they help others find forgiveness between each other. They avoid gossip, slander, arguing, grumbling, bitterness, and any other sin of the tongue that destroys unity in the church. If you want to remember what a peacemaker is, you can remember the key word unity. A peacemaker is one who promotes unity and models unity and helps the church move toward a greater unity, not disunity, quarreling, and division and bitterness. Number one, peacemaking begins in the heart. I'm not going to read this whole passage from Colossians 3, but you can maybe skim over it. Look at the underlined portions at the end of verse 13. Forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Above all these, put on love which binds everything together in perfect harmony. So there's the idea of unity. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. The way we become peacemakers and the way we grow in peacemaking is by the peace of Christ ruling in our hearts. Peacemaking begins in the heart. Number two, peacemaking does bring God's blessing upon the church. It'll bring the favor of God, the blessing of God upon the church. Second Corinthians thirteen eleven. Finally, brothers, rejoice, aim for restoration, comfort one another, agree with one another, live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. One of the ways we enjoy communion with God, a deeper and growing communion with God is through restoration and peacemaking. God of peace will be with us. Number three, peacemaking requires constant effort. Now, you know this is true. The easy thing is to stir up trouble. The easy thing is to be undisciplined with our lips. That comes naturally. Romans fourteen nineteen. Then let us pursue what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding. You circle the word pursue. I know I've already underlined it there, but peacemaking won't happen on accident. We know this is true. We'll have to pursue it. We'll have to pray for it. We'll have to set a good example. Also, Ephesians 4, 2 through 3, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love. That takes effort. Verse 3, eager to maintain the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. You can circle eager to maintain. So we're pursuing what makes for peace and mutual upbuilding, eager to maintain unity in the bond of peace. It takes effort. It takes prayer. Now, what I've done here underneath 
number three, is given you an A, a B, a C, and a D. Specific ways we make an effort toward peacemaking. We don't have time this morning to look at every passage, but I'll read through the A, B, C, and D. And you can uh, study the passages on your own, but peacemaking requires an effort, and God has told us in his word how to make that effort. Letter A, seek peace when you have wronged someone. You know someone has something against you, or even if it is right about it or wrong about it, pursue reconciliation, seek peace when someone has wronged you. Matthew five twenty three through 26. Letter B. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. That's seek peace when you have wronged someone. Seek peace when you have wronged someone. Letter B is seek peace when someone has wronged you. That's Matthew 18, 15 through 17. God gives us the steps to seek peace when someone has wronged us. Letter C, seek peace even after multiple transgressions. A powerful parable, Jesus tells Peter. It begins in Matthew 18, 21 through 22, and the, the story that leads to the parable. Peter came up and said to him, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I forgive him? As many as seven times? Which in Peter's mind would have sounded like a lot. And if those who are around would have said, wow, that's really a lot, Peter. But Jesus said to him, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. Letter D, keep peace and cultivate unity by using your words wisely. This is such a, a pervasive theme in all of Scripture, especially in the Proverbs. Peacemakers speak gently and they avoid yelling. Peacemakers avoid gossip and they avoid deceit. Peacemakers are disciplined with their words. So being a peacemaker is not only when there's trouble and you need to make peace. But it's also being proactive in cultivating peace. Uh, I, um, a, we should be a community of peacemakers proactively seeking peace and setting an example of being a peacemaker with the way we use our words. So peacemaking takes an effort, but blessed are the peacemakers. The world needs more peacemakers, not troublemakers, not unity breakers, not peace fakers, but peacemakers. Number four, peacemakers make every effort to live peaceably in the world. And I added this one because up to this point, the focus has been on within the fellowship. It's been within the church is the focus. But we're also called to live peaceably in the world. We should be known as being peaceable people. We should be known at work for that, known in the neighborhood for that. Not starting unnecessary conflict or trouble or stirring up division. Romans 12, 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. Sometimes it won't be possible. Sometimes it won't depend on us. There'll be situations beyond our control. But as far as we're concerned, we pursue peace. And finally, number five circles us back to the beginning. Remember, the first one is that peacemaking begins in the heart. Number five tells us how to get there. A heart at peace with God through Christ will be a peacemaking heart. The first step to be a peacemaker is to be at peace with God. And the way we're at peace with God is through faith in Jesus and by virtue of his blood. Romans 5.1, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The thing that's going to help us forgive others is always remembering and always being grateful that God has forgiven us. And the thing that's going to give us the humility to be able to receive forgiveness from others 
is the same thing to remember the gospel that we are sinners and we do make mistakes and we do need forgiveness. A heart at peace with God can be a peacemaking heart. And we'll need to grow in that. Like every aspect of Christianity and every week I try to say something like this. None of us are perfected in any of these things. But we pray to grow and we strive to grow. And how will they be called sons of God? Oh, it'll be evident that they have a peculiar perspective in life. Peacemakers will shine like lights in this world of conflict, in a world of anger, in a world of vengeance, in a world of bitterness, in a world of gossip, in a world of slander, and on and on. And uh, a world, world of such division, Christians should shine like lights and be peculiar as peacemakers. God manifests his love through our love. And I've given you three verses there for your study. As one aspect of the love of Christ in us is peacemaking. That grows out of humility and grows out of gratitude from forgiveness. And it will create a love in the church that is unique in the world. And manifests publicly the love of Christ. And, and specifically this, the reconciling power of the gospel. The peacemaking power of the gospel. And that's what the world needs. Let's pray.